Greetings, mortals. Allow me to introduce myself. I am Ghastly McNasty, the once human editor of this gruesome publication. If you horrors out there want to read something really spooky, you've picked the right paper. Each week I'll be bringing you stories that will chill your bones and make your blood run cold. Be thankful. At least, that will keep the vampires away from you. Shiver and squirm your way through this first creepy issue of SCREAM! And if you think you're brave enough, come back next week, when I'll have even more nasties waiting for you. Be seeing you, either here, or in your worst dreams! What if one of you is the monster? Monster? They're British, you know. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I'm Chris Denton. And I'm Paul Monk. Otherwise known as Ghastly McNast. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> and we are a very, very British, British horror. horror. We didn't say that very well. No. <laughs> yes. I thought you were going to do something else then. That's well, <laughs> I, th- I thought we should actually say who we really are. Uh, but this is a very special edition of a very British horror. It is. Because we're not going to talk about a film or a television program. No. Nope. We're going to talk about the comic. We are. So have you got your uh, free Dracula fangs in ready to do this? That came with issue one? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Which is the drawback of having yeah. old Dracula fangs. It is, it? yes, because they're, they're, they're cheap plastic tat that's not very well made. It's, um, it's true, because I did buy this comic in 1984, and you know, my Dracula fangs have not lasted. That's a disgrace. <laughs> it's very poor workmanship. You can yeah. normally pick them up in Wilco's, actually, just after Halloween for about five pence. Yeah, but they're not the same ones. Not the same ones. Well, these, but glow in, can, these were going like, dark fangs, weren't they? Well, I don't know. I don't think so. I think they were just bog-standard fangs. Well, I think they were glow-in-the-dark fangs. I distinctly remember them going in the dark. Just, just no, it's just down as free Dracula fangs. Well, Dracula's fangs glow-in-the-dark. Hang on, let's have a look. There's a bit... We should probably actually just say what we're talking about, because we haven't actually said that yet. <sighs> so conventional. We're, we're talking about the British horror comic from the 1980s. Scream! Exclamation! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we are, and in the first issue, it does say uh, free fangs. I hope you're all wearing your free fangs. They should um, make. Some... You're not doing the voice. No, because I'm not the the, the that wasn't me. What? I don't know who that was at the beginning. Well, can of the we episode. get the real Garson McGarsty? No, he's do... disappeared now. <laughs> um, it's your throat hurting. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope you're wearing, all wearing your free free fangs. They should make some of you look a little less repulsive. Ah, I like he's it. a humorous guy. Dracula himself approved the free gift. He even tested them for me. Why would he test them? He has his own fangs. Would that even work? It wouldn't work unless they were unless they were modelled off of his actual fangs, and then he could they could slip he could slip them over his fangs. Well, yeah, but then they wouldn't work for anybody else. Or unless he was a bit like Christopher Lee's Dracula, when only gets his fangs when he's uh, aroused, as it were. So maybe, you know, he's just sitting there, he can put the fangs in. That's not Christopher Lee's track, 
Anyway. Chris <laughs> <laughs> believes Dracula's eyes go red when he's aroused, but he's always got the fangs. No, he hasn't. The, 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 the fangs coming out is... Um, oh, that's TV. No, he, always, he only has the fangs when, when he's about to attack someone. He doesn't the rest of the time. When he's just being himself, wandering around and chatting, he doesn't have I, I haven't seen the film where he wanders around and chats. That's what the problem is. <laughs> he does. Okay, now this is interesting. In the very first Dracula film, it's Jonathan Harker. He doesn't have fangs then. I guess that would give the game away a bit. And probably because he'd be... Although he does in the novel. Probably because he'd have a lisp. Oh, in the novel he has them all the time. Okay. Um, anyway, um, anyway, so he says Dracula himself approved the free gift. He even tested them for me, and said they gave him great pleasure. So make of that what you will. <laughs> uh, there's news of next week's free gift on the inside back cover, but don't dare look now. Read the stories first. Well. I did. We'll so, shall we go into it? We're, we're, we're actually just going to be discussing the the first three issues of this. Okay, so um, let's just let's just stop and, and say, why are we doing this? Um, that, that's a good question, which I didn't expect you to ask. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just thought I just thought it would be it's a, a new year. We're in uh, 2016, so happy new year, everyone. And I just thought, you know, new year. Uh, New topic. Do something a bit different. So but I thought it's a bit of an experiment and see how it goes. But but I mean, is it a total coincidence? But this comic was in the Guardian last week. Well, do you, do you, well, there is a there was a news story a while back. Uh, was that last week or earlier this week that uh, they were going to be reprinting an early Alan Moore? Yeah, exactly. Uh, comic strip. The, um, Rebellion, who are yeah. the ultimate owners of 2000 AD, have um, obtained the rights to Monster. Which is one of one of the strips in, in yes, screen, yeah. and which the very first issue yeah. of well, was written by Alan Moore, who's yeah. rather famous as a comics writer. If you're uh, coming at this from horror films and don't know about <laughs> that, he's he's the most famous, best comics writer in the whole history of the medium. Um, but bit of a problem, <laughs> he did only write five pages or something of this. Yeah, <laughs> so it's probably um, not even that. It's probably about sort of three, isn't it? Well, I, well, I mean, I, I think. But I yeah, think, it's, yeah, yeah, just just the first the first episode, yeah. and um, after after that, it was written by John Wagner, who's very well known for um, Judge Dredd. Um, but. I think if uh, and this news story was lost Alan Moore comic yeah, yeah. <laughs> back in print, which is slightly disingenuous. It is a bit misleading, isn't it? Really, <laughs> it, it's kind of yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, th- I thought because that's the big newsworthy reason why we should go into this, and the other the other reason why you know this was one of the things we talked about covering right at the start, yeah, uh, when we were launching this podcast is. That um, you know, we both have a really strong interest in comics, and this particular comic was my favourite comic. This was the one I loved the most. It was very short-lived, but I did get most of the issues at yeah. the time. I think I actually missed issue one, so I didn't actually have the fangs. So possibly what I said. Right. I think, yeah. So you lied. I think I probably did. Podcast. I don't think I ever had issue one. I think I started with issue two. Okay. And I remember being so disappointed when issue 16 ever came out. Yeah. So, yeah, so it ran for 15 issues. It was a weekly comic. So, putting that into context, that was, what, about 
not quite four months. That's right. There were a number of holiday specials that came out. Yes, um, yes, yes, there were, and um, <coughs> Scream merged with the eighties Eagle. Yes, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it was disrupted by it wasn't that it wasn't banned. That some people think it was, but it wasn't. It was disrupted by there was, a there strike. was strikes. Yeah, well, it was the eighties. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, so it <coughs> and, it, and to be and fair, and anyone who who anyone who bought comics. Uh, British comics were, uh, was was generally quite used to this in that you you'd be reading your comic happily for for weeks and weeks and suddenly you would hear the, those dreaded um, that dreaded phrase uh, next issue exciting news about your about your comic whatever it is or whatever one you were reading yeah, and, exciting, and, that, and that always yeah, meant news that always it. meant that was always the dread phrase that always meant uh, we're merging with another comic and actually we're gonna uh, we're only going to put one of the strips from this comic in the other comic, and and then that will get quietly dropped a, a few weeks later. So, yeah, it was it was the end for British comics. I remember that happening a lot. Funnily enough, I never actually got this comic when it came out. Um, I would have probably been much too scared and wussy to, to do that. I did though get Eagle, so I was aware of the one of the comic strips stories in in this comic because uh, that went on into Eagle. Um, the 13th floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, but I, 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 I used to get battle for whatever reason. I, I suddenly got into kind of war comics, and then that merged with the Action Force comic. Battle Action Force, yeah. Not, yeah. not the best. Not, I mean, I, I, used to, I never actually got battle, but I did read a lot of it. Yeah. And yeah, it was. I mean, that's where Charlie's War came. Yeah, from. no, that Johnny was great. Red, yeah. yeah, yeah. And they, they, that was that was really good. And then Action Force came in, which, which I didn't mind too much because I quite liked Action Force as well. But yeah, I made the big leap from I I, I did actually get Eagle, but I made that leap from uh, some of the um, from things like the Beano, Dandy, and Wizard and Chips and those things to to some of the Marvel UK stuff, and then then. Then I thought, yeah, you'd give War Comics a try. So, battle it was. Well, similarly, I, I liked all, all forms of comics. So it was just like, uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Um, yes. Back and in the day, 2000 AD lost. 2000 AD was the very yeah, last no, I, I, one. Yeah, I, I never I got, got into, into 2000 AD as a child. It was too dark for me. And yeah. It, in the end, in like the early Prog 500s I got into it but, but it, it was I mean we, we, we me and my brother who's now a comics artist we um, <laughs> interesting enough we um, we liked 80s Eagle Scream I said Battle then uh, the Victor yeah. Warlord yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah see I never had those but I had the Victor and Warlord annuals oh I yeah, yeah. Those. I picked them up at car boot sales and things like that similarly for us and there were jumble sales back yeah. in the 80s yeah, for twenty p each. Exactly. Yeah, no, I remember one was that. What might have been was that Warlord had a big red robot on the front for of one of them, and oh, it was a, there was a comic strip about. Warlord was uh, entirely war based, whereas the Victor. Okay, was a might have been Victor then. Yeah. Yeah. And there was another one. Wasn't there one called Lion as well? Yes, that's yeah. a bit older. Yeah, there was, a, there was a lion and also yeah. a tiger. Yeah. <laughs> but I really like the eighties. Eagle as well. I think that was a bit. I think that's often quite maligned. I think in it favour is. of 2008. Well, it had just, a lot of good stuff in it. They've just. Um, I think what's led to 
Rebellion doing this was they had a very successful um, reprint of the 2000 AD Dad Dare. Yeah, yeah. But that was awful. The 80s yeah. was much, much better. Yeah, <laughs> that's, 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 that's what we really want. Yeah, the eighties, the eighties down there was, was had a lot of um, had a lot of elements of Judge Dredd types um, things in 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 it as well. Yeah, but it's not a bit of an influence, not in the same sort of way, dark sort of way that dark humorous way that Judge Dredd. Had but but yeah there was there was quite a few elements with some of the robots and yeah but bits and bobs and that kind well, of thing. Well, it's much more suitable for slightly younger. Yeah, because Judge Dredd is dystopian <laughs> and that kind of thing. You need you need a little bit of maturity to deal with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but but any, anyway, um, bring bring it back to screen because you know coming at the perspective for the perspective of young comic fans, but also of of horror fans, I mean, I think if you, we jump right in issue one, the very first um, story is the Dracula farm. Um, I'm gonna have to go all the way back. <laughs> but it is, it is the Dracula farm. And, yeah. Um, the in- interesting thing about the Dracula farm is it's written by Jerry Finley Day, whom um, was a 2000 AD writer, famous for Road Trooper, one of the big 2000 AD stories. Also famous for his scripts not necessarily being amazingly detailed, leaving a lot of editing. He was active, at, uh, uh, well, up until like the end of the 80s, I think, and, and, and then he disappeared to, to wherever it is retired comics writers go. Um, re- Poverty. Yeah, maybe. I think he um, he did resurface to do a special um, road trooper a few years back, but that never turned into a proper comeback. Right. And um, the 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 art for this is by Eric Bradbury, who's a uh, another name, big, well, quite quite a big name in the British comic scene. Um, yeah. But I mean, and his art's his art's very good for this. I think it works works quite well. See, see what I find, I agree with you. Uh, what I find interesting about this is, is Dracula. Yeah. This is 1984. What was Dracula? Uh, yeah. In film television, I mean, this kind of gothic horror was nowhere. No, exactly. Um, this, this is this is sort of like um, a bit like Hammer's Dracula, AD 1972, but in 1984. It, it's, in a, in a, it is like it's that. that sort of that sort of concept. Basically, Jack, in this first issue, Dracula gets through the Iron Curtain yeah. um, and is mistaken for a defector by, yeah. <laughs> by the British. Well, because he, 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 he steals a Russian uniform, doesn't he, to sneak sneak through, so that's why they the think he's a Russian. Or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, but, but, I mean, so, so it starts off in a graveyard, so there's... there's, there's it's very much like Dracula yeah, yeah, yeah. seventy two. Oh, and, uh, yeah, exactly. And 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 it, uh, the British take him back to um, it's called Moxon Hall. Hall, which is you know an old gothicy building. Um, so yeah, they flying back to is that are they flying flying back to Britain at that point, aren't they? Yeah, issue two he goes to Moxon Hall. Yeah, 
Yeah. But even so, the, the the place they take him to in Germany is is an old kind of uh, sort of very gothic castle. So it's clearly trying to get a little bit of that that uh, gothic horror feel to it. Yes. So so harking harking back to to the Hammer days. Yeah. In a way that TV and cinema just wasn't doing. No, I mean, exactly. Um, I think, uh, well, there had been in the late seventies. I think there had been Dracula adaptions. There had been the Louis the, Jordan the, yeah, the, thing, the BBC version, which of that, is yeah. pretty good actually. We'll yeah. maybe deal with that one day. And and also there was that big budget um, Anglo-American Dracula. Oh, the Frank Langello. Yeah, yeah, with uh, Lawrence Olivier as um, yeah, and Tristan um, McCoy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, He's not a starring role in that, though. No. He is in it, but I don't think you can lump him in with... Uh, not not Olivia and Mr. McCoy. All right, it's not a double act, precisely. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's all right, but that that is... Um, it doesn't do it. It, it, it. This this comic is much more in a... Hammer style than in that the style of those revivals were yeah. those more more recent interpretations of of Dracula and um, there was a Hammer comic House yep. of Hammer wasn't there yeah and and that's actually if you read that that the comic strip yeah. now very similar yeah. <laughs> to this so I think this this is almost um, a Fleetway well, IPC, sorry, version of yeah. House of Hammer in some ways. And, uh, you know, obscure British comics history, but um, uh, House of Hammer was, um, was it, what were they called? Quality, were they? I, I think yeah. the same, the I same, um, uh, the same people that brought Miracle Man back. Right. Warrior. Yeah. The people who did, I think it was called Warrior, the right. uh, the big anthology comic, yeah. the, the Miracle Man and, and more. Yes, that's right, yeah. yeah. Um, um, so I don't really have anything more to say about issue one of Dracula. No, it's not that good, but it's an effect, effective setup. Oh, yeah. one, one, actually, one other thing: things of the Eastern Front. Um, there's a. This is most to me most like things of the Eastern Front, which is a um, 2000 AD story about vampires right. during the Second World War. And that's got uh, Carlos Esquera. Okay. Oh, oh, it's very yeah. good. Sure, I think um, it predates. I'm pretty sure it predates Dracula Fall, and perhaps yeah. Dracula Fall was a bit um, inspired by that. Yeah, I, no. I, th- I think as well that it's quite interesting. Is he actually referred to as Dracula in the first instalment of this? I don't think he is. I don't think he's referred to as Dracula in any of the three installments. No, although he, he does seem to wear the classic Dracula costume. He sometimes looks like Bella Lugosi. Yeah. Sometimes Bradbury draws him almost like Bella Lugosi. Yeah. Like a but younger Bella sort of, Lugosi. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's sort a of more horrific version as well. But, um, but yeah, I think if you're going to have a, a, a horror comic, anthology sort of comic, I, I think you've, you've got to have Dracula in there somewhere, haven't you, I suppose? It would seem weird not to have Dracula. And they start with the big name. And then the yeah. second strip is Monster. And the big name here is not... This is not Frankenstein's Monster. <coughs> but that's no. an interesting counterpoint. 
but yeah, it could be, but that's it's true. Not. I wonder if and, that and was it, deliberate. Well, maybe. Um, and the monster in Monster doesn't appear in issue one. This is the uh, no. this yeah. is the Alan Moore episode, yeah. and it's all about like, a twelve-year-old boy digging his father's grave, and then the flashback how his yeah. dad dies. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's obviously really good. Yeah, <laughs> it's quite dark. It, it's quite. It's quite interesting, uh, jumping ahead a little bit, but it's quite interesting reading that first instalment and then the second one and third one and and seeing that there is a, a difference. As much as John Wagner's uh, a good writer, I think there's a... And, and he does sort of maintain the style of it, but it, I think it's, it's quite sort of densely written, this first bit. Well, yes. I mean, Alan Moore is quite flowery sometimes. Yeah, and you, you can see it here. Yeah. And quite interested in horror. Yes, Alan Moore's yeah. got a very interesting relationship with Lovecraft. Yeah, I mean, he's doing another Lovecraft series now, yeah. isn't he, Alan Moore? Yeah, all these years later. Um, and, and although, although yeah. by interesting relationship, you mean he he quite likes Lovecraft? Not not that they went on a date or anything. Well, that yes. we know of. I, he, he 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 does all sorts of interesting things with Lovecraft's work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but this isn't this isn't even a supernatural thing. This is a. I mean, mo- mo- the monster is like uh, this boy's uncle. Yeah. In oh, spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that is kind of a spoiler. <laughs> but um, it's. Uh, there's not really a lot to say about about this particular part apart from no. this is really good if you're going to read screen this is the thing that you'll remember um, it's not gothic pastiche it's proper horror right. writing yeah, yeah. I mean, this, this is actually quite um, again it's quite sort of brutal and, and, and yeah properly horrific in a way that the Dracula file isn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. You know, but like it's the, such a shame that Alan Moore didn't carry on with this. Yeah. But, you know, he probably had Halo Jones to write or something like that. So, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> but, you know, there's a bit where the, the main character, the boy, gets gets the belt from his father. And, um, you know, that, that this bit. But, but please never did any good it didn't look didn't stop the terror or the look in his father's eyes or the whistle of descending leather yeah no it's quite no it's it's, it's quite nasty well yeah um, so, so I think we've got to agree that that's excellent yeah and if, if we move on to the next strip it's the 13th floor now yeah. I, I think I've described the 13th floor as like uh 2001 meets Kathy come home <laughs> <laughs> It's basically how the computer from 2001, yeah. although it's an evil computer, well, not an evil computer, but it's a similar kind of computer called Max, yeah. who um, instead of powering, instead of being in control of this spaceship, is in control yeah. of a council's yeah. power block. In fact, you can even imagine the, 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 I forget who does the voice of how in 2001, but you can even imagine that actor saying some of Max's lines. You can imagine that same sort of voice. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, it's exactly that idea. What 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 struck me about it though was um, firstly in the drawing of of 
Um, Max exists up in the penthouse bit on the, on the very top of the building. And in, in the drawing, it doesn't appear to have a roof. So well, I think that's a bit careless because, you know. Yeah, I think that might one, be some art- artistic license there. <laughs> <laughs> one, one you know, good rainstorm and he's, he's knackered, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, the other thing is that it, it's, um, so he, he, as you said, it controls this, this tower block. Right? But it's specifically described as, uh, yeah, Maxwell Tower, the new experimental council block. Yeah. So I'm thinking what, what council would be, that's some council that's going to invest in a kind of, in a supercomputer that's going to do everything for everybody. Certainly, I don't think this would be our present government's policy. But, but actually, thinking about it, is is this actually then a com- a comment, a social, uh, a satire on 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 the state? Well, in a way, this um, this opening episode, which is written by some guy called uh, Ian Holland, who I've never heard of, um, may or may not be a pseudonym. <laughs> if you are listening, Ian, apologies for calling you a potential pseudonym. <laughs> But but the 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 art is by autists or however you say say autists. One of the great eighties um, comics artists again, and um, and again that, that's rather good. The um, but the story is basically about an evil debt collector that Max deals with by taking to the thirteenth. Well, basically, the, the gist of it is if, is is he looks on, he's there to look after the. Um, the, the 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 people the inhabitants of the the building and make sure that they their needs are catered to and they, they don't come to any harm and all this sort of stuff uh, and he's got a secret thirteenth floor so the lift in the building doesn't go to the thirteenth floor it goes from twelve to fourteen but there is a thirteenth floor and it's the secret place where people who are no good get their comeuppance that's right courtesy Max. of Max and it's sort of like um, a Star Trek holodeck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he, he can kind of make anything happen. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, but you know this this Kemp the debt collector. This is like a uh, Wonga Loans man. I mean, this yeah, is yeah, quite, yeah, yeah. I mean, council, council houses have been in the, have been in the news in the last few days because the prime minister wants yeah. to knock down all these tower blocks. Yeah, um, this one would have gone. Yeah. Uh, um, and you know the the protests by Squeeze changing yeah. the look there it's yeah, yeah. song just and this is um, like payday loans it's so topical this yeah. this, this is a thirty two year old strip that yeah. could have been written yesterday um, okay so it, it um it ends on the rather <laughs> rather over the top line <laughs> welcome to your death <laughs> as as spoken by the Grim Reaper <laughs> so it's got the despite the technological and kitchen sink uh, aspects. It's still got in the kind of thirteenth floor. It's still got the gothic stuff. The uh, trouble is though, is that with this that ending is that it, it is really cheesy, and, and a lot of these strips are quite cheesy. Um, but I can't help reading right at the end. Basically, what he does is he gets taken up to the thirteenth floor, and as he comes out, he's faced by a grim reaper death type character who's saying all these lines he says the welcome to your death but there's a little bit before where he, he speaks quite politely and all you can do is think that it, it, you, when you read it you read it in the same voice as Max which just is kind of wrong does kind of it, yeah it, it jars with the uh, picture of the skeletal 
Um, it's like a Reaper character. But when he says welcome to your death, but in the second episode he's got more dialogue, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Kemp just goes, that's you, isn't it, Max? Yeah. So that's, that's yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's potential. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's quite a good thing. That's a good strip. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And no, no wonder that it was so popular it transcended yeah. screen exclamation mark and ended up in, in Eagle and Max ended up as the editor. The uh, yeah. the, the the editor of, of Eagle <laughs> for the purposes of the letters page. Um if we move on past the thirteenth floor, which we very much enjoyed, we get Tales from the Grave, which um which has this beautiful artwork by a, a guy called Jim Watson, whom I've never heard of. Yeah. But uh, this this is the kind of artwork that I remember from the time. It's been yeah. really creepy. It's uh, uh and it's got it's this kind of quite of, grotesque, isn't it? It's got this this weird four colour, um, oh, well, sort of yeah. I mean, it's kind of colour, but well, uh, they did that a lot in these comics. They would have first two pages of colour right in the centre and, and so they'd have that and and the cover would be colour. Yeah, you're right, they they used limited colours, so it has this kind of strange Do you know what it reminds me of? Do you remember those um do you remember those paint uh, magic paint books, painting books, where where you didn't need any paints, you just used water. Yeah, well, yeah, and the yeah, yeah came It's got that ca- same kind of slightly washed out colour sort of feel to it. And I'm not sure it really works. I think it works better when it goes back to the black and white pages. But well, the artist is very strong, and you can see his artwork. Yeah, black and white. Um, but his artwork's very kind of grotesque. This, well, this, this is such a melodrama. Yeah, exactly. It's ridiculous. It doesn't bear any resemblance to any. Actual historically accurate. It's set in the Victorian era, and it's, it's about some evil undertaker trying to yeah. who, who murders people for the to get more customers, <laughs> basically. Yeah, and, and it the, reminds me. A good panel here with a meat cleaver. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it reminds me a lot of um, of uh, the EC comics. I don't know if that was the the sort of feel there. The, the American horror comics from the yeah uh, from the fifties. Yeah. Uh, it's I sort of going for that feel, but not, but not anywhere near as nasty. I mean, Garcy McDarcy, the, the editor here, is, 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 is the Crypt Keeper, isn't he? He tells from the Crypt Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah I mean... Yeah. So there's clearly a little bit of an influence there. Not in all the strips, but this, this I think, is the, the one that's... Uh, when it goes over the top. It it go, goes, yeah, yeah, it goes... It's sort of very over the top, and it's got that same style, and they're sort of... Creepy grave-related uh, sort of host, if you like. Now, interestingly, there were some horror films that were our favourite period that were sort of like this. I think the one that I think was most similar to was Comedy of Terror. I don't know if you've ever watched that. That's um, no, I didn't even have. Basil Rathbone and Boris Karloff and this Christ. Sequel to the Raven. Right. Oh, okay. Um, but that, that, that's that's well, I've been it for years, but that's no. got this kind of over the top undertaker kind of plot. Right. Um, and and also obviously the, the stuff with the hair kind of similar. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I, I yeah I think it's enjoyable in the kind of uh, 
After that, there's a ghastly tale, like a one-pager. Yeah. Uh, okay, quite good. I don't on this. Um, can't help but think I actually recognise the artist, but, but um, I can't actually yeah. say who it is. It's very frustrating, and issue two, there's, there's even more frustrating that you, where some strips don't have credits, but I think that's very good. Then uh, after that, you get Fiends and Neighbours, which is completely <laughs> weird. It's a horror-themed cartoony comic. Yeah. Uh, from you said, uh, from Core. Core. Which, yeah. Which, so, which is like 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 sort of Beano and that kind of thing. Well, yeah, like like a, like a Wizard and Chips yeah. style. Yeah. Um, and it's not funny at all. No. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of silly slapstick stuff that isn't that funny. I, I would have, but it's based around a, 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 the idea is that there's like these normal, this normal couple that get new neighbours, and the neighbours are the monsters. Weird, yeah, basically weird kind of yeah. horror-like people who are. So I, I, I who well, to be fair, through my wizard, my well, not yeah, my wizard tits, yeah. through my my whoopee phase. Yeah, I yeah, really love yeah. Jack the Nipper and yeah, yeah. Jack the Nipper, that might be a computer game. No, Jack, Sweet- the, Jack the Nipper is, yeah, from uh, Sweeney Dominion. Toddler. That's it, Sweeney Toddler. Yeah, I think I think this might actually be the same artist. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it looks very similar. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, yeah. by the time I was reading Scream, possibly I'd outgrown this yeah. kind of thing a little bit. <laughs> and 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 uh, now in my forties, yeah, it's. I mean, it's not clearly right for me. It's clearly just a couple of pages of filler, isn't it? Well. Sadly, uh, reprints of uh, Bane of British comics and yeah. uh, and uh, are not very The uh, heavily and died completely. Yeah. Yeah. If, if it's a comic you like, big shooting reprints, probably. Uh, I need another book to sort of time to But anyway, after the reprint. We get to Library of Death, otherwise known as um, Garsky's Future Shops. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, like, uh, this, this is a one-off story, but this, this is illustrated by Cam Kennedy, uh, written by someone called Barry Thompson, possibly named, you don't know, but Cam Kennedy, this is Cam Kennedy, this is the, the Judge Dredd and Star Wars artist, Cam Kennedy, uh, now, now sadly retired, but one of, one of the greats. Yeah. <laughs> This is um yeah he, and, and the script is over the top. Yes. The artwork makes it work, and it's got a really creepy last page. Yeah, um, it's about a boy parents that then get to the next house, so basically going Yeah, and look at that, look at that lot of the last page. Amazing. Yeah, no, the, the artwork is fantastic. So I wasn't, I wasn't really sold in the stories. No, I, I, it does break, break all those kind of cliches. So, yeah. um, and my favourite, I, 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 this terror <laughs> of the terror of the cats. Now, I really <laughs> love the cats logo. <laughs> 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 uh, I, I really love this this strip just because it is so 
stupid and ridiculous. Basically, the idea is is that there's uh, something weird affecting domestic cats in a neighbourhood, and they seem to be attacking people. And it seems to be linked to a uh, bad professor who runs a, a research facility, uh, i.e. A, a, another name for uh, experimental torture house for <laughs> no good. Um, and he, he has the fantastic name of Dr. Ulrich Krull. <laughs> yeah. As in, not, not spelt the same way, but as in Dr. Krull. Krull yeah. And in case you don't get that, one of the characters spells it out and literally says it later yeah. on. Uh, <laughs> he says Dr. Krull, Krull is pronounced Krull. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, basically he says, well, he sh- Dr. Krull, he should be uh, Dr. Krull instead. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, now, this is ridiculous, and it's it's yeah. uncanny. So there's a terrible yeah. Anglo-Canadian film from the late 70s, yeah, I think, yeah. with Peter Cushing, yeah. um, but that, which has the same idea basically. Um, yeah. But this is great. This is the sort of fi- this is the sort of thing that if it was a film, it would have been made in a in perhaps the 1960s or something, uh, and it would have had the, the main character in it, the the main sort of uh, hero, is uh, a local journalist. Uh, what's you his name? Alan something. You can just remember. see him being played but by he would be, Judd. Yeah, he <laughs> would be played, yeah. He would totally be played by some slightly washed up uh, American actor well, in order to yeah, draw, yeah. draw in a, a bit more of Ryan a crowd. Don Levy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was thinking more of um, Dana Andrews. Oh, from, yeah, yeah. From yeah. Uh, 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 no, the Demon. That Someone like him, you know, that kind of sort of chiseled real man American hero type because he does manage to you know, punch someone it, 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 maybe not in this is it in this yeah and he, he gets thing. immediately bored when it doesn't turn out to be rabies but <laughs> look, actually we've got this first issue's got quite a good cliffhanger because um You've got the evil cats, yeah, and then and then, and then the journalist confronts a, a, a cat that's nice to him, and he goes, oh, "I wonder why that cat was nice." And then the cat just walks into the hospital and goes into the children's ward, yeah. and then turns psychopathic. Yeah, uh, and it's like, oh, it's attacking kids now. That's that, that, that's yeah, yeah, that's quite but good. But again, it's really really nicely drawn, and and and. By an so artist, an artist who actually seems to be able to render cats really well. Uh, an artist called say. Gonzalez, I yeah. think, um, uh, whom I'm not familiar no. with, but whose talent I admire. And a script written by a guy called John Aggie, whom who we're not convinced um, is a real That sounds person. like a pseudonym to us, yeah. but we're not exactly sure who it is. <laughs> um, yeah, annoyingly, well, they do have credits particularly the writers are pseudonyms because um, there were actually not that many comics writers no. and they tended to use um, a lot of pseudonyms. Yeah. The, the famous one is um, T.B. Grover. Uh, not in Scream, no. actually, but that was the, 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 the pseudonym for uh, John Wagner and Alan Grant. And, um, they, and, and there's at least, like... Um, in issue two, we get we get to uh, one of John Wagner's pseudonyms. Yeah. Um, 
So that completes issue one. There's a nice advert for, for uh, sending off to get stuff for a stamp collection. Because obviously, you know, that, and the final back page, because obviously that's, that's something you'll, you'll do if you're uh, I absolutely, into horror. I think I probably would have done it. So. <laughs> uh, right, so go to issue two. You have this lovely yeah, yeah. spider-related cover. Right, uh, right, hopefully people are still with us. Yeah, we can't read the... Well, Ghastly isn't here. No, that's true. Uh, uh, and and uh, they, they do a little thing at the beginning where they turn somebody into Dracula. And uh, the first issue was Arthur Daly. This issue is Russell Harty. Who was an 80s chat show host. Yeah. <laughs> but then I would, I would assume a lot of people would know that. But maybe not. Um, well, uh, yes, I think we should. Now, discuss it. <laughs> whether people would know who Russell Harty was these days. Um, so we get this, the second uh, part of the Dracula file. Exactly the same as the first, really. There's a nice picture there of um, like a 1920s style Nosferatu oh, yes, in the book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And yeah, so basically the part of the story is, is that Dracula's now, he's still in Moxton Hall, uh, but he's... Um, Got a nurse under his control now, who 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 keep who keeps keeping all of the British intelligence uh, operatives away. It seems like you think maybe Dracula would go and perhaps hang out somewhere else. But there's also mysteriously, and I don't know if we find out this later on why it's there, but there's also mysteriously uh, loads of boxes of his earth from his home there, so he could sleep in it. Uh-huh, and there's also there's man, also a, there's also a K, is it a KGB agent who. I think it's with Russian, the Stasi, maybe. Or I don't know, yeah, from, from but a, a Russian agent who's uh, sort of trying to track him down, and that is thinking that because the Russians have this view that wow, well, it's not, not our problem anymore. But he's he's got a bit of a conscience, but he he's going no, he can't possibly have any soil from his home, so he's going to be dead by now. Uh, but that's not. But yeah, he's not. Anyway, that's just basically more of the same. Yeah. And then we go to Monster. Yeah. Um, which is not more of the same because Alan Moore has left us. But we are we we, we are um, treated to a script by someone called Rick Clark, who is none other than John Wagner. Yeah. And we've still got this lovely Redondo artwork. Or we've got lovely Redondo artwork. Um, yeah. And. There's Terry, Uncle Terry. Yeah. Uh, who's kind of a disfigured. Yeah. Uh, looks at uh, it's quite a unique look, um, but Uncle Uncle Terry uh, basically successfully beats up a twelve-year-old, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> then the twelve-year-old hits him with a shovel. And, yeah. Uh, and um, but this is. But you know they're going to be friends. They are going to be friends because this is basically a buddy story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but and then, uh, then Kenny, the the twelve year old, um, finds out that Terry is indeed his uncle. Yeah, and a note left by his uh, mum. By his mum. Yeah. And at the end of this, this. Uh, and it's got that thing which uh, I don't know why eighties comics did this, but they actually finished the last page halfway down, and then there's got then after that there's an advert. Yeah. 
to my newsagent. Oh, so it's, <laughs> it's a little form you can fill in and, and cut out and then give to your newsagent so that they can reserve it for you every week. Do you know, I have a feeling this was the only time I ever cut this out. Because this is issue two. This is the issue yeah. I had. Yeah. I think I, I cut this out and gave it to my newsagent. Yeah. See, I never did that. No, I never, never did that. The only time I ever did it. I actually, got, I used to get my mum to go in and, and, and uh, get the news agent to reserve it, because that's what you did in those days. Well, that's exactly right. Uh, uh, but then, um, and then we got to the thirteenth floor. So again, it's the second bit with uh, Kemp, the debt collector. Yeah. Kemp sees immediately through Max's death costume, and then he, he comes up with this kind of. Computer game, computer game, yeah, deck to collector where loads of taxmen, yeah, like computerized taxmen, basically killing with umbrellas. Now, interesting. This is this is Computer Warrior here. This is kind yeah, of yeah, an inverted yeah. version of Computer yeah. Warrior, which was uh, an eagle strip where um, some kid was transported into like virtual reality versions of co- popular computer of actual games. computer games. Which, yeah, which was brilliant because they could. It was ad. It was it was yeah. product placement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. it was fantastic. It, 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 yeah. it was like having a a comic strip version of uh, Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but there is probably a, is a comic strip version of that. Well, story. I guess, but it, yeah, yeah. Is, is it, I was thinking uh, Minecraft, but there's probably is comic strip I versions of Minecraft. Wouldn't surprise me. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're not not precisely like just a comic strip version yeah. of Call. Duty, but a comic strip version of some kid being put into Call of Duty and playing it yeah. for real. So this this game and consists and of a, a maze where he has Kemp has to run around uh, collecting. It's sort of Pac-Man, isn't it? Yeah, but collecting things that have a certain number of points on, and then he's chased by the taxmen who have. Uh, well, debt collectors, they're not taxmen, are they? Debt no, collectors. They, 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 they but they're designed to look they, a bit they look like, like taxmen, a, yeah. uh, with their bowler hat. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they've all got different values, and of course he, he can't win, because as soon as he gets like 800 points, there's a thousand points of one coming for him. If you, if you look at this maze, the, the, the walls of the maze only go up to <laughs> he could a, just his thigh. <laughs> yeah. he, could just, he could just kind of step over it, couldn't he? Uh, I, I, he thinks he's trapped here and he isn't at all. <laughs> so he gets basically punished for his lack of lateral thinking. Yeah, that's um, fair enough. Yeah. And then, of course, he's, uh, he's dumped in the lift because he has a heart attack and dies of fright Yeah, for it all. Exactly. Well, Look at this face. It's almost as if he was frightened to death. <laughs> Top quality dialogue there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, again, enjoyable. And then we got part two of The Undertaker, The Tales in the Grave. Yeah. Uh, which I See, that's a very easy title. It's Tales from the Crypt, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is uh, it's, it's good. The, the idea here is that the evil Undertaker sleeth is trying to frighten to death someone who's Yeah, it's attacks. a woman who's come in, in yeah, to him and has heard his yeah. reputation. And, yeah. And and they they they, they misspell misspell handsome carriage at some point and put a D in it and then that's Well, yeah, but that's then rectified expect- it, that's rectified uh, later on though. They actually get it right again. Can't expect them to do research. Oh, and so here, here we are with the uh, Library of Death. And, and, and of course, one glance at the artwork should tell you immediately who the artist is. Also, if you look at the credits, <laughs> yeah, it, says, it says Ron Smith. Ron yes. Smith, another of the greats. Yeah. Uh, the, the Library of Death was really um, spoiled 
uh, another great um, Judge Dredd artist. This yeah, is the guy, yeah. guy who um, I, I think he did his best work in the Daily Dreads. Yeah, I, I, did, I mean, um, he, he made a big contribution to the look of Mega. I think with it, I think with this, it's it's uh, it's a good thing that, that, that they could do. They could knock out a couple of pages on, on something like this because they changed the. It was a single one and done story. Mm. They could just do that, get a bit of extra extra money, and not necessarily. You know, still keep going on with the more regular work they had. So I think it was a good opportunity for. And, and this kind of harks back because Ron, Ron, Ron Smith uh, had a long history in British comics and uh, yeah. worked a lot, many years for DC Thompson before he switched to IPC. Yeah. And th- th- this has a real kind of boys' own. Yeah, look. yeah, it's that kind of. And it's not King Solomon's mind. Exactly, sort of it doesn't feel to it. It's not, I mean. With a bastard as the main character. If, if you if you know Rod Smith's work, you won't be able to imagine him illustrating a horror story. And if you read this, you still can't. It doesn't look <laughs> like a horror story. It's not. No. It's about a giant spider. The, the horror comes from the spider. It's got quite a nice twist to it, I think. Uh, yeah, because the guy doesn't actually get killed. He gets turned into yeah. the giant spider. And releases the previous guy who was the giant spider. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a long beard and stuff. But yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's um. But yeah, so he's doomed to sp- spend the next few hundred years before somebody else uncovers the secret uh, treasure place. Yeah. Although it might not be that long because cause they didn't obviously they find it quite easily. Uh, yeah, beautiful artwork. But yeah. Um, oh, then Frank. Uh, yeah. Names, I'm just going to skip past this. <laughs> It's not funny again. Oh, Terror of the Cat. Part two of Terror L- of the luckily, Cat. Luckily, the kid's all right because the journalist saves him. Because he has a broom. But then the nurses <laughs> get upset with the, the guy. For and, well, they don't believe him, do they, as well? They think he's been trying to attack the kids and so yeah. he gets frog-marched out. And, and that's it, when there's a little bit of a scuffle and he and lamps he gets someone. L- he gets locked into it or hides in the cupboard yeah, and, and the there's a cat comes. in the cupboard yeah. and that's the cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, to be honest, I'd risk it. I could probably be all right with a cat in the cupboard, <laughs> but you know, And then yeah. we got this ghastly town. Now, this is what um, this is another one-off, like Library yeah. of Death, but, and uncredited. But um, I'm looking at the artwork and I'm thinking, Bellardinelli. This is Bellardinelli, and it's not. I mean, it is. It, it is. We were just looking at slain covers to to make yeah to, to make sure for Bellardinelli's famous and great. Uh, um, Stint as a slain artist, and uh, yeah, this this is this is about an e- the, the ends with an evil apple. <laughs> <laughs> that great line, uh, that that last that last little uh, dialogue box thing. But it wasn't the apple that was going to be eaten. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, it's not. It's silly. very well written, but well, no, yeah. it's, it's it's silly, isn't it? But and it, and it kind of, it, I think it knows it's silly because. The, the the woman in it just says, oh, yes, yes, darling, or whatever she says. But she, that's all she says. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't actually, I have to admit, I didn't actually get, I lost interest in the story, but I like looking at it. Yeah. Uh, now, um, we're just, we're going to, we're going to go through episode three and then it'll be over. Yeah. <laughs> then this episode will be over and then, then, then you'd have to tell us if you want any more of this, you really want us to talk about films again. <laughs> 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 so Dracula file is just it's very 
closely yeah. follows on from the previous one. Yeah, it's not a lot. It does, the story doesn't really move along that much, I suppose. They no, although um, Jack is just going to kill some more people. Yeah, that's basically it. Uh, the then Terror. And then Blade comes along a bit later, and, and, and Blade, yeah, and knocks his head off. Well, he he he's he's most he's probably most famous for doing uh, Transformers. Right? Exactly. But he also did Death Death's Head. Ah, uh, Death's Head is brilliant. Which is great. Well, well, well they they've been collected by. by yeah. Uh, so they're 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 worth seeking out. There's a couple of volumes of those. I think I've got uh, dragon I'm looking at the Chris's shelf and trying to work out what he's pointing at. I'll just know. So yeah. is that one with a grey spine? Is that the one he's pointing? No, that's still gaming. Oh, okay. Next to it. One next to it. But I can't see. see. Yeah. Um, right, I'll yeah. take your word for it. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. So basically, he's stuck in a cover with a cat, which he describes as basically like a, a facing a tiger. Funny. But he deals with it by putting a sheet over it. <laughs> a famous way to deal with an angry cat. Classic Hitchcock style, the hospital gets surrounded by yeah, yeah. what is allegedly hundreds of cats, but um, yeah, there's, there's it's, about it's well known. Well, it's well known comic writers don't like things like that. Yeah. If you put in, in, in the script, there are hundreds of cats, <laughs> they won't be very pleased with you. <laughs> and, and indeed, this, this artist who uh, is, is um, a new, this is John Richardson, um, not a name I, well, a name I recognise. But not in the context of comic art, because um, oh, yeah. that's the name of the the, the, name of the guy who's okay. in Hammer's She. Yeah. <laughs> but this is a different John Richardson, presumably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So anyway, there are we could play count the cats. There aren't hundreds. No. I can. I, I reckon think, what about fifteen? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and to be honest, there's, there's only three cats drawn <laughs> in any kind of detail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah. so, which kind of undermines the dialogue, which is the cats. They come for us because you know. Yeah. To, to, to be honest, but there's yeah. there's there's a, a an interesting <laughs> thing where there's a, a nurse, there, a male nurse, who's uh, a bit worried about Jim um, Wardle, yeah, who who is uh, basically is a nice thought balloon. It says, "It's me they're after. I know it. I should never have helped crawl with that stuff." Nice to see a thought balloon. Isn't so it? it was good. Yeah, no thought balloon should come back. They're, yeah, they're not fashionable now. No, I, neither I mean, are the <laughs> neither are the caption things particularly. They're, they seem to fall out of fashion. Oh well, as well. you see, um, but thought balloons were great. Well, th- thought balloons are great. Captions is a different thing. So uh, I've done a little bit of comic writing, uh, as you yeah, be aware. Yeah. And um, I I hate using um, captions because it should be show not yes, tell. Yeah, so so yeah. I I I rarely use them. I have used them. But I rarely yeah. use them. But I mean, in Monster. Uh, Alan Moore used them practically every panel. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. can yeah. be done, can yeah. be brilliant, but but show not tell would be yeah. I think. So uh, I, I don't like don't like that. I think that's why they're yeah. not as fashionable as they used to be. Um, so, so but certainly so I would yeah. bring back thought bubbles if, yeah. if, if I So so clearly that that uh 
nurse is a bit suspicious. But we don't so, hear from him. But we don't hear from him again because our, our main hero, um, I must get his name right, it's Alan something, decides that he needs to go and uh, speak speak to this professor. And here, here's another thought bubble. It seems as if the cats are operating for some sort of plan. Comic writers, why don't you write stuff like this anymore? We need to get on to this. <laughs> thing is, if you own cats, you know that they're always working to some sort of plan. Well, I mean, obviously I have I have two cats, you have two cats. Yes. We know cats are, are you know, plotting on yeah, murder. Exactly. That's, that's, that's Cat, not cats, really in doubt. Cats have murder on the brain the whole time. That so. is not in doubt, no. It's, it's just the... Um, just the way they're doing it in yeah, terms of the yeah. cats. Yeah, exactly. Well, they're working together. That's the thing that cats lack. Here, this last panel... Otherwise, they would be our masters. This this last panel, which the cats are here in force, again, they're not. There's there's three cats in the <laughs> foreground, <laughs> and then there's like, outlines of cats taking you up to about 14 or 15 cats in the, in, in, in the, kind of, in the background. Yeah. But I absolutely love this, that, this, that comic strip, because it's just it's so ridiculous. Um, it's great but it, sadly it finishes and we go into the 13th floor and um, going into a new story after yeah. uh, 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 with a kind of there's sort of a little bit of a there's a little bit of a link to the yeah because one, the tenth the evil death the, the suggestion that, that somebody might be onto it but but, but then, but then um, it switches to Harry Potter getting bullied by um, the, yeah yeah uh, getting bullied by, by, by two skinheads, skinheads one of whom's got a tattoo of a spider on his head you don't really have proper skinheads anymore no this like, was proper you know it's sort of yeah it's just, I mean yeah he's got some kind of day stick <laughs> this skinhead yeah. but anyway he stupidly takes the lift and Max takes him straight to the 13th floor and, and turns the spider on his head real yeah. your tattoo's coming alive <laughs> Yeah, it's all right, Spider. I knocked it off. Yeah, and and, and the Spider gets caught in the web, and uh, he's being attacked. Oh, I do like that when he spiders. gets yeah when he gets attacked by spiders. He goes, "Get off me, you horrors!" <laughs> Doesn't even drop the H. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's nice that he could be get off me, you horrors. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so um, a bit of poor editing, really, using spiders for the. Second time in three issues, but you know. Well, yeah, but then you know they're, they're kind of things that people find creepy, aren't they? Um, th- then after this, we've got this monster competition <laughs> to, to to win fifty Quest for Adventure games. I I I I can't work out what Quest for Adventure actually is <laughs> from this page, but it looks whatever it is. I think we we think some kind of board but, game. Yeah, yeah. We thought computer game, but then it doesn't say which computer, so we think board game. But apparently, it's yeah, it's without a doubt. According to Ghastly McNasty, it, it is without a doubt the monster game for 1984. Which so is not, not some kind of George Orwell reference. Nope. <laughs> okay. It's actually 1984. Uh, so. And then we went into. See, look, what I, what I like about this, so oh, just going back to the, con- <laughs> the competition, back in these days, you actually had to work for competition to win a competition. Now, nowadays, you tend to just have to. Uh, just fill in your details or your email address, and then and then they put you into the draw. But there's like some complicated sort of crosswordy type weird thing that you've got to work out and spend ages doing. Yeah, I, I don't understand. I don't understand what it is you're winning or how to enter. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> but yeah, but you had to actually proper, properly work for your for your. Uh, 
I don't think I entered okay, this competition. Okay. I'm pretty sure I just went straight on to yes. te- uh, Tales from the Grave, The Undertaker Part 3, which is more of the same. Yeah, so he's basically... Grand Grignol? Yeah. So basically, he's, he he has scared the other person to death, and he has had a he thinks he's had a heart attack, and then run in, jumped into the water, to the Thames, and uh, never with it, and so he thinks the job's done, and then of course he meets up with the the woman again, and she's like, well, uh, he says, oh, the deed's done, and she's like, yes, I know, we the police were around there earlier, but he was poisoned. And how? Why did you do it in such an obvious way? And then he's like, "Ah, but hang on, he, he we just threw him into the river." <laughs> and then, dun dun dun! It turns out to be someone else. It turns out to be some half-eaten zombie person who we're not really sure who it is. Maybe her fiance. I presume it's supposed to be her fiance, but yeah. But anyway, that's 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 a cliffhanger. We yeah. have to leave because then we go yeah. to the drowning pond, which is the the library of death story. Which has got a, a really bizarre payoff. It's about like uh, Matthew Hopkins. It's one of Matthew Hopkins' yeah, old, old and witches. Yeah, It's about a, a pond where that has a story attached to it about uh, witches and witchcraft and nasty things. And these two teenage boys who uh, their ball has gone into the pond, and one of them naturally strips off and goes in to retrieve his ball against the wishes of his friend, and then he he gets kind of tried to get uh, get pulled under the water by a, a, a skeleton of something. Right. Yeah, and but he gets rescued and then the doctor yeah. says uh, that let's go and investigate. Yeah. So the doctor who, who <laughs> in his wife fronts he's well, looting no, we no, this other bloke out in no. his wife fronts. <laughs> Yeah, so a famous uh, sort of yeah cottaging spot. Now he also has um he has his swimming trunks because he has them in his car. It's cool. very specific about that. He says, "Look, let's go down there. I have my swimming trunks in the car." Why does he have his swimming trunks in the car? Um, Unless I suppose he could go to the public swimming baths after work. Anyway, whatever the doctor had in mind. Yes. Um, <laughs> The, the, this sort of skeleton. Um, yeah, it's obviously the skeleton of a of of, of the witch. Uh, but it's all right. Everyone's fine at the yeah, end. Yeah, and he gets the 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 guy gets rescued. The kid's dad gets rescued. And, and he goes, "Oh, it's all fine. Don't worry. Nothing was." Yeah, it was just the it was just the current. It was nothing supernatural water. at all. Well, if you say so, Dad. But there's just one thing. This rose I took from her hand, and the ones you saw in her hair. Why are they so fresh? Why are the roses so fresh? Because they've been in water. That's the, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's the payoff. Yeah. As payoffs go, it's a bit. It's a bit. Weak. It's a bit rubbish. It's not as rubbish as fiends and neighbours. Those no, no, get no, past that. that. Um, uh, oh, and then we got another ghastly tale, which is this is this is a one pager. It's quite yeah. effective. Green fingers. I mean, these the ghastly tales are, are yeah, like you said, they're like. They're like yeah, little one pages, and they they essentially have a little punchline payoff to them all. And they're it, quite good. And then we go from to monster, and um, it's the story of how um, Ter- Terry was locked in the attic. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, it's not that good. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I think I think like a lot of these these strips, uh, I think. 
13th floor has worked quite well because it's because it's got a, it, it can be a bit uh, it's, it's it's sort of a bit Twilight Zone in its nature. It's sort of like a bit of an anthology series, so it could get a reasonable pace. But some of these longer stories, the Dracula file and a monster, are taking a bit of time to get going. I think so, but it's, it's I think it's worth it. Yeah, yeah. And, and after Monster, before we get to the end, there's this quiz. I don't think we should read out all the questions, but I, I just Ghastly's like, creepy cre- creature quiz. I, I think we'll do one each, and this is the one I want to read out. Okay. This is question two. A tall, thin man clad in black. It's a quote from Bram Stoker's book entitled A. The Referee, B. The Adamant <laughs> Story, C. Dracula. Um, I, I'm not going to give any game away with any answers, but what's your, your question? Well, he's in black, so it's obviously the referee. Ah, clever. Yeah. This is Bram Stoker's famous uh, book about football. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, you, you ask a question, Paul. Okay. All right. Right. Right, you can recognise a mummy... By its A, handbag, B, bandages, or C, perfume? I suspect C. Perfume, yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, th- I mean that was clear enough. Oh, 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 there's a ghastly rating as well, I didn't notice that. Oh, yeah, yeah. One to three, abysmal, you clearly need an intense diet of scream, exclamation mark. Four to seven, not too shabby. But I think some more horror vision is needed. What's horror vision? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Eight to ten, excellent. Just the horrible sort of reader we like so much. So ba- basically, however you do, buy more <laughs> yeah. editions of scream. That <laughs> it just says... Yeah, does it? Um, readers, oh yeah, if you weren't in the 8 to 10 group, you'll have to do better. I'll have another creepy quiz soon to make sure you read Scream from cover to cover. Okay, right, so and that's the end of issue 3, and mercifully for some people, <laughs> I think we're going to stop there. I'd just like to like say, say um, one, one, one more thing, which is um, Scream has its own set of fans. There's a website, yep. Back From The Depths, yep. Um which uh, uh, run by a, a guy called Tim, who I've worked with, a great, 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 um, great figure in the comics world. He's yeah. also the, the, the guy behind uh, the Comicsy website, and um, he puts together this um, tribute comic called Hello Screen, which yeah. comes out online um, every year. Very well worth ch- checking out, um, and. That is really. We'll, we'll we'll put a link in the the notes of this episode and also on the Facebook page and on Twitter. So we'll, we'll link out to it. I think. Am I right in thinking that the the you can read the some of the scans of the Scream comics there? You certainly can. Oh, uh, another thing. Because obviously that's where we were looking at them. Um, there's a, a publisher called Hibernia who have okay. released um, a collection of the Thirteenth Floor. Well, oh, okay. So, so you can get the 13th floor from them, and uh, you can also get that from Comixy, I believe. So, yeah. Uh, just com- yeah, all these things will, will be there, but um, um, very well worth doing that. Yeah. Uh, whilst we're waiting for the um, monster trade paperback. Yes. Um, so, 
I think we need to know whether you like this. I think our, ne- our next podcast will be back to film and television. <laughs> yeah. But um, if you want to hear more of Chris and Paul talk about old yeah. issues of Scree, yeah, there are there. Well, there's a twelve more to go. <laughs> yeah, and holiday specials as well. Yeah, it's four or five more. So, so uh, yeah. episodes of the podcast we could potentially exactly. So yeah, if you did like this, it was obviously a bit of an experiment, doing something a bit different. Um, then do let us know, and obviously you can let us know the usual ways via Facebook, where we're a very British horror, on Twitter, where we're a very Brit horror, or, or via our email, which is a very British horror at gmail.com. So do let us know. So can, can you contact us by Ouija board? You you can, yes. <laughs> the, the results will be a bit... A bit uh, <laughs> a bit strange perhaps but and you may not get a proper answer so we'd recommend email yeah email well I think that clears that up yeah. um, so until the next time I've been Chris Denton and I'm still Paul Monk good night bye bye Discipline, no book, he just
sat in the back seat swearing it's seek revenge, but it jumped into the furnace, singing on such belong. 